Good morning. Welcome to Heart and Soul Center of Light. My name is Janice Richman, and I'm a licensed practitioner and member at Heart and Soul, and I am honored to be facilitating our meditation experience this morning. This morning, we are taking the opportunity to immerse ourselves in stillness so that we may connect with the knower within, so that it may be our guide during this time of change. Wherever you are, I invite you to make yourself comfortable so that you may be open to divine guidance. Know that right where you are, God is, and therefore it is a safe and sacred space. So if you are willing, I invite you to gently allow your eyes to close and take this opportunity to relax and let go of all that has transpired up until this moment. Join me in taking a deep conscious breath. Breathe in and release with a sigh. Now give thanks for your breath as you gently allow it to return to its natural rhythm. Take a moment to notice the path that your breath takes through your body. While the path our breath takes, like each of us, is unique, every breath is a part of the one breath, which is breathing us all. Let your breath be an ever-present reminder of your oneness with spirit and its ever-availability as a guide and source of inner peace, love, and clarity, regardless of outer circumstances. As we enter the stillness, remember to focus on your breath, and I offer this affirmation as our guide. I have been that I have been, I am that I am, and I will be what I will be simultaneously.
have been that I have been. I am that I am. And I will be what I will be simultaneously. I now invite you to return your awareness to the space that you are in. To do this, you might focus on your feet and notice and feel the support of the floor underneath. You might gently rub your palms together. Begin to expand your awareness and feel the space around you. When you're ready, I invite you to gently allow your eyes to open. This completes our meditation experience. And so it is. Thank you for creating this safe and sacred container of love for our service. We have a wonderful opportunity during these times to spend more time being still and renewing our connection with the one. And I invite you to do so whenever and wherever possible. It has been a pleasure and an honor to facilitate this morning's meditation. Thank you. Good morning and happy Valentine's Day, heart and soul family. My name is Ron Marshall and I'm a licensed practitioner and founding member at Heart and Soul and I'm honored to be present this morning to reveal to you ways to be engaged at Heart and Soul. Uh, thank you for joining us from wherever you are and we ask that if you're joining us from outside of the Bay Area that you let us know where you're joining us from uh, by sharing that in our viewer chat. Our heart and soul theme for 2021 is Adventures in Faith Rise Up. And our daily read for the year is Around the Year with Emmett Fox. Uh, and today is February 14th, and the word message for today is As We Forgive. We invite you to stay connected with us on social media uh, via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, whatever the uh, social media channel of, is of your choice. We also invite you to sign up for our recap uh, so that you can also stay tuned, uh, excuse me, be informed of what's happening uh, at Heart and Soul. And also uh, you'll be, will be further opportunities to give, but just wanted to bring to your attention that you can give online at our website or you can text to give at 510-500-5849. And lastly, we lift up our community affirmation. Thank you for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever. And so it is. Please join our practitioner core on Monday evenings. Uh, please note the shift in time for our round the year review with Emmett Fox. 
uh, we are starting at 6.15 and going to 7 p.m. to uh, accommodate those who are participating in our 40-day prosperity plan. Uh, no need to register, just join uh, via Zoom at the link uh, on the slide. Imagining Justice uh, continues this Wednesday. Uh, meditation is at 6.15, the experience starts at 6.30, and we will be having sacred conversations uh, about nutrition uh, hosted by our Heart and Soul Health and Well-Being Circle. Our Tammy, excuse me, our sister, our, oh, no, our Tammy Hall, <laughs> uh, continues to grace us with her amazing talent on Thursday evenings uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, via Facebook Live. Please uh, grant yourself the gift of uh, Tammy's loving uh, talent, and please do uh, tip our sister generously. And you can now get a pop at any time. Point of Power is available via YouTube. Uh, at YouTube slash slash C slash Heart and Soul Center of Light. And as we know, prayer works. Uh, prayer and Care Village stands with you in knowing your highest and best. We have group prayer available 10 minutes after service each Sunday and on Wednesdays at 7, 7 a.m. Uh, you can join uh, via Zoom or phone. The information is on the slide and on our website. And we have a 24-7 prayer request line. Uh, you can now leave a message for a prayer facilitator and they will return your call uh, within 24 hours. The number to call is 510-607-7747. You can also email your prayer request to prayer at heartsoulcenter.org. Please take advantage of all of these opportunities to allow yourself to be supported in prayer. And here's one more. Uh, prayer is also available via our podcast on uh, Anchor. Uh, it's an opportunity for you to just take a moment out at any point in time in your day. It's available 24-7, uh, and you can just get in there by uh, beginning with episode 119 on our pop podcast. And again, uh, please do take advantage of this opportunity for on-demand laser prayer on any topics, uh, topics that touch your life. And if you've been thinking about becoming a member of Heart and Soul, uh, we have our part path to membership uh, experience, which will be taking place over two Saturdays, March 20th and March 27th, from 8.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Pacific time. Full attendance at both sessions is required for membership, uh, and you can register now <coughs> excuse me, at heartsoulcenter.org slash become a member. So let's just smoke, take a moment to find our breath. Our vision speaks to who we are and endeavor to be in the world. Uh, it serves as our intention of how we are uh, in the world. And so as a community, this is our opportunity to declare our intention together. So together. We are a loving and compassionate world-class teaching and empowerment ministry. Through a consciousness of universal God presence, we release all resistance, separation, and fear. We claim our personal liberation and accept the eternal availability of joy, love, and abundance. Through our intention to be love and spread joy, we engender reflections of the same and more in others. Our ministry is a gift to the world, which expands through our practice and dedication. We welcome all people, and together 
we make a quantifiable positive difference on the planet, and so it is. And so join me in going within by taking a deep conscious breath. Let's breathe in. And as we release the breath, we just give thanks for it. How good it is to know that there is an ever-present reminder in our breath, through our breath, that there is something that is living and breathing each and every person within the sound of my voice and beyond. How good it is to know that there is a loving presence that is expressing itself fully and completely as all of creation. Expressing itself as birdsong, as clouds moving through the sky. The very same thing that rises the sun each morning wakes us from our sleep. How good it is to know that each and every one of us hmm, is a divine emanation of the Most High, and that all that God is, we are. All of the love that God is, we are. All of the peace that God is, we are. All of the joy that God is, we are. Abundance, health, creativity, all of this is ours by divine consciousness, by divine birthright. And so I know that as we remember to remember who and whose we are, that our lives are changed for the better. That we experience perfect health. That we get to experience the flow of abundance into and through every area of our lives. That we are in loving, supportive relationships that our creativity knows no bounds. Hmm. How good it is to know that right where we are, God is and all is truly well. And so recognizing the power of God in, through, and as all things, I recognize it as this service at Heart and Soul Center of Light this day. I'm grateful for all who had a hand in having this experience unfold. I'm grateful for the technology that allows us to be in community during this time. I'm grateful for our practitioners, those who pray without ceasing, knowing the truth on behalf of all in the form of prayer. I'm giving thanks for our ministerial team is always holding the high watch on behalf of Heart and Soul Center of Light. I give thanks for our music ministry who minister, ministers to us in song and note. I'm giving thanks for our board. I'm giving thanks for our own Reverend Andriette Earl. Grateful for her sacred yes, grateful for her willingness to do and be all that is required to be a place through which spirit speaks. I'm grateful for this family. I'm grateful for this community of like-minded, like-hearted souls. I'm grateful for knowing that hmm, all truly is well. 
And so with a heart filled with gratitude, I just release this word into its perfect fulfillment through the activity of love and law. I know that every word that is spoken is true and that it is all being worked out in divine order and in divine timing. So I just step aside in consciousness. I allow it to be, and so it is. Amen.
star, a piece of it all, I am light, I'm all light. Heart and soul, we are all light. Thank you, Charles Peebles. Uh, I am not the color of my eyes. I'm not the, my skin on the outside. I'm not my age, not my race. My soul inside is all light. That's the truth about us. So happy Valentine's Day, y'all. This is the official day when we are called to love. What a people we must be that we need like an official holiday. We need cards to come in the mail and signage and, and post online in order to be given permission to express our caring nature. My prayer is that we make, if that's what Valentine's Day is about for us, that we just make every day Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day for the beginning of an everyday Valentine's season because just as Matthew 22 offers us, it's this reminder, this certainty that where the master teacher Yeshua that the world ultimately came to call Jesus is giving coaching notes, let me say it that way, and saying that the that the greatest commandment is to love the law, the divine, the living one, the strong one, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, to be all in. To be all in with this love thing. And the second is just like the first. Love your neighbor. Love all others. Love everybody as yourself. But first, love God, love law, love the living one, the strong one. And then as you pour that on everybody else, it will be a good thing. I love our brother Cornell West, who, who always knows kind of how to say it and what to say. He offers us that anytime, he says, anytime I get a chance to talk about black history, it makes me shiver. It makes me tremble. When I think about the level of excellence, there's a part of me that wishes I could do other people's voices. I may work on that some. To, because if I could do Cornell West in this moment, I feel like we would really get it. When I think about the level of excellent and excellence and courage, he says, resilience and resistance. You see the, the, the R squared, resilience and resistance. He calls that the long caravan of love knowing what's at the root is essential. He says that black history is about wisdom, it's about justice, not just in America, but in the world. Oh, that's, we need to know that. Thank you, Dr. Cornell West. Bishop Desmond Tutu, I'm reminding you, even from last week, said my humanity is bound up in yours. We're in this love together, essentially, for we can only be human together. If your inhumaneness interferes with my ability to claim my humanity, 
my inhumaneness interferes with your ability to claim and execute your humanity. I want to, I want to remind you that last week we, we talked about, I shared with you about David Ruggles, and a number of you reached out to me to say it wasn't just new to me, it was also new to you. And I was tempted because a, a part of David Ruggles story, certainly beginning when he uh, came to New York at 17 from Connecticut and how he helped found the New York Committee of Vigilance. And just by its name in 1835, you can begin to get a sense of his activism. The way he stood so powerfully on the, in the words of Bishop Tutu, binding his humanity with others and standing in the forefront in order to do that. That New York Committee of Vigilance was an integrated group that focused, hear me say integrated, meaning it was, we would say now, diversity. We would now talk about the, the diverse nature of the group is what we're talking about here. And they were focusing on protecting runaways and literally confronting slave catchers that were called blackbirds at the time. So he was in the forefront of all of that. And I told you that he's the one who first gave um, Frederick Douglass shelter. And in so doing, that landed Frederick Douglass right in this hotbed of activism in his house because his house was on the officially, was an official stop on the Underground Railroad. Now I'm saying officially, and that's because post all of this, we have put a plaque out and declared it so, but I don't mean officially like there was a sign out front saying stop here for the Underground Railroad. I mean that a number of folks came through and that wasn't all, he risked his life, but he also was, um, dedicated, determined to bring others along because we know that in addition, in addition to sheltering that he also ran a bookstore and a library out of his home where he was distributing anti-slavery pamphlets and other reading material. But look, James 2 and 26, that absolutely reminds us that just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. So I am lifting up David, David Ruggles as this exemplar of faith without, knowing faith without works is dead, so being all about doing the work. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about some of what was going on at that time. And I'm going to move through quickly because I got a lot to share that after, um, I'm gonna ask you to go back to, thank you very much, just stay there for just a minute for me, that um, for the thing about New York in 1927 is the time frame here. It was the last, New York was the last of the Northern states to abolish slavery long after the North had abandoned the institution. So that would be, you know, after Pennsylvania, after Maine. So New York is just, and here's, here's, if you think about it, you may say, because as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, 
We don't think about New York in that way. But if you think about New York being the financial center for the US, you go, oh, of course. Because although there were people who certainly uh, held slaves captive, I almost said owned, but they didn't really, they just bought them. And, but they didn't, you cannot own other humans in truth. So um, what was true about that is that um, although they were holding slaves, the main thing was they weren't willing to, even though it's illegal, they aren't willing to give up the structure because it is the foundation of all that New York money. See, they are financing the uh, equipment for, uh, for the cotton. They are financing the farms. They're financing the purchase of slaves, of humans to work. They are the, New York is the financial center and so it depends upon slavery. They don't necessarily have a bunch of slaves in New York doing unpaid work, although there are some, be clear. But that's not like their industry. Their industry is financing slavery in the South. So we have to be clear about what's going on. So, so what you have here is, and this is why I think this scripture is so important for us as guidance in this moment, is because what you have is the forked tongue. You have the illegality of it, and you have the lip service about it, but you have all the mechanisms reliant upon it. I hope you don't think you have to go back to the 1800s in order to see examples of that, where, where we have as our structure, the, where it looks like, oh yes, it's about diversity and it's about freedom and liberation, it's about inclusion, but the very foundation of it, think, um, oh, I'm trying to think of the, the term we use now for the penal system, that the way that that is structured, that is really free labor. It is a continuation of, of holding people and having them, having them at your disposal, having humans at other humans' disposal where they have no legal right to refuse it. That's ex the industrial complex. That's what we call it, the prison industrial complex. That's what I'm talking about. This is that, but in the 1800s, you see. So look at here. Um, okay, I told you about that. Um, so, mm -hmm, all of that too, uh-huh, okay. Mm -hmm. So, in 1827, when slavery is declared illegal in New York, you now have this hotbed of activity because you have black activists who can now, um, who can now stand and speak out. So you always had abolitionists, and this is really important here because I wanna talk about the love your neighbor allies, the ones who not only understood Matthew 22, but James 2 and 26 as well. Our love your neighbor allies here, I, and I want to, I want you to know that there were a number of folks, as they would have to be, because it's about financing a movement for people who are oppressed and poor. So you have the Frederick Douglasses, you have just a whole list of folks who are speaking and, and, and being interviewed and they're, they're making a strong case 
for anti-slavery, but you also need the folks who are going to bankroll it, the folks who are going to get the folks out of jail, the folks who are going to make sure that that those um, that the magazine, not the magazines, but the newspapers and the, the various instruments of communication are financed in a way that the word gets out. And so among those are the Tappan brothers, Arthur and Louis Tappan. They're millionaire merchants uh, living in Manhattan in the early 1830s. And what is happening here, uh, what's, what's happening around this, let me just say this, when I say that they are wealthy, the Tappan brothers, their business was the predecessor to Dun & Bradstreet. So we're talking that kind of, of, um, that kind of money. But let me tell you what, what Dr. Martin Luther King, I wanna use what he says in order to, to set it up for us here. Dr. King says, I refuse to accept the view that mankind, that humankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that the bright daylight of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. So to me, he's speaking of the folks I'm calling the love your neighbor allies, the folks who really get it. He's saying to us, and I believe this, that, and again, I'm not, I'm not offering any of us as the, as the perfect meaning, um, I'm not using exemplars of their entire life. So that sure enough, there's something they said, something they did, something they didn't agree with. I'm just highlighting the stuff they did that was right. I'm like, let me catch them doing something right. And that's what the, the Tappans, both of the brothers were offended, highly offended by slavery. And they put their time and their money into action. These brothers supported the publication of anti-slavery publications, but they also helped found Oberlin College in Ohio. And those of you who are familiar with that, you know that Oberlin uh, admitted black students and white students at the same time, I should say, and that was very unusual. They also supported the crew of the Amistad. You know that that was a Spanish ship that uh, where, the, where the, the folks who were enslaved took over the ship. So they held the, the ship personnel hostage, if you will, while they went to New Haven. So they brought the ship to New Haven and when it landed there, some of the folks wanted the former captives returned as property and others wanted them welcomed into the United States while others wanted them sent back to Africa. But no matter what was gonna happen, the Tappan brothers were about helping to finance the court case, their defense, also making sure that they had food and clothing while they were docked there, et cetera. They were instrumental in all of that as they lay in harbor. So I want to share with you a little bit about Lewis Tappan. And you see his, his photo there. Um, what I want you to know is that uh, Lewis Tappan actually founded a Chatham Street Chapel in Manhattan. He lived in Manhattan and this was either on his same street. Somehow I think I read that this chapel was across the street. So in 1834, he opened up the chapel 
it says here next to his home, that's where I got that, next to his home, for the annual celebration of Emancipation Day. And Emancipation Day were where New York African-Americans celebrated the end of slavery in New York. That's what they call the New York uh, Emancipation Day and it was a celebration. So he opens up the place that he founded. Does this make sense? I, I wanna make sure you hear that part of it. And um, it was a mixed congregation. So here you have black folks and white folks and who, who knows what other folks look like, but it's a mixed group that we have in there. And part of what happens there is he's reading aloud the Declaration of Sentiments. Now the American Anti-Slavery uh, Society, the American Anti-Slavery Society Declaration of Sentiments was written by William Lloyd Garrison. And we know him as an activist and abolitionist. And so it was written December 6th of 1833. And I, I wanna give this so much, I could just be up here forever, but this ain't that. So let me just choose um, wisely here about what, so they declared. Let me, okay, um, uh, let me see how quickly. Because slavery is a crime and therefore is not an article to be sold. Because the holders of slaves are not just proprietors of what they claim, freeing the slaves is not depriving them of property, but restoring it to its rightful owner. It is not wrongdoing uh, for the master, but righting the slave, restoring him to himself, her to herself. Yes, you know, I ad-libbed that last little part there. That they declare, because if compensation is to be given at all, it should be given to the outraged and guiltless slaves and not to those who have plundered and abused them. So I'm just giving you some highlights, but you can see right away that they went there. This is not where they're choosing their words in a way where you can read into it and do they really mean, they worked this out. He says, we, must also, we also maintain that there are at the present time the highest obligations resting on the people of the free states. This is where we're putting our action. This is not, we're sending you peace and love. This is where the free, he's calling on the free states to remove slavery by moral and political action as prescribed in the Constitution of the United States. He says they are now living under a pledge of their tremendous force to fasten the galling fetters of tyranny upon the limbs of millions in the southern states. Um, and ends this piece with saying, this relation to slavery is criminal and full of danger. It must be broken up. He says, these are our views and principles. These are designs and measures with entire confidence in the overruling justice of God. We plant ourselves upon the declaration of our independence and the truths of divine revelation as upon the everlasting rock. We shall organize anti-slavery societies, if possible, in every city, town, and village in our land. We'll send forth agents to lift up the voice of 
of remonstrance, of warning, of entreaty, of rebuke. We shall circulate unsparingly and extensively anti-slavery tracts and periodicals. You see here, they're, they're getting down to, so here's some of the actions we're gonna take. This isn't just the glorified, let's make it better. This is, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna enlist the pulpit and the press in the cause of the suffering. We shall aim at the purification of the churches from all participation in the guilt of slavery because the churches were often a place where folks could hide out. You could be a deacon and have just slaves aplenty and have it be against the law and everybody know it. We shall encourage the labor of freemen rather than that of slaves by giving preference to their products. Y'all know we've done that in California many times in different ways, in terms of the grapes, in terms of how we shop. We want to make certain that we're not purchasing products that are, and this is not just to California, but as a native Californian, I want it to go on our record. That uh, looking at uh, whether it was um, slave labor that produced it, and, and we're, we're becoming ever more conscientious about that. He says that, Oh my goodness, let me, let me just kind of cut to the chase here with this last part. He says, our trust for victory is solely in God. We may, hear this part, this is why I'm calling them the, the love your neighbor kind of allies. I'm calling my allies out. I know, I know we're busy and we're doing a lot, but I'm gonna call you to an even greater service. He says, our trust for victory is solely in God. We may be personally defeated, but our principles never. Truth, justice, reason, humanity must and will gloriously triumph. He says, submitting this declaration to the candid examination of the people of this country and of the friends of liberty throughout the world, we hereby affix our signatures to it. So they're being upfront. This isn't like in a hidden meaning. They're saying, pledging ourselves that hear this, under the guidance and by the help of Almighty God, we will do all that in us lies, consistently with this declaration of our principles, to overthrow this system of slavery that has ever been witnessed upon earth, to deliver our land from its deadliest curse, to wipe out the foulest stain which rests upon our national echelon, and to secure to the colored population of the United States all the rights and privileges which belong to them as men and as Americans, come what may to our persons, our interest, our reputation, whether we live to witness the triumph of liberty, justice, and humanity, or perish untimely as martyrs in this great benevolent and holy cause. Cause, excuse me. We know, we know that when folks stand as activists, I wanna say for real, for real, we know that often it is at great cost. I wanna give you a sense of this because this is where I want to, <coughs> pardon me, I wanna talk about an article, well, an, a, a riot that happened. It was the, um, oh my goodness, they called the riot, I am looking for it now, the anti-slavery, the anti-abolition riot. 
That's what it was called, the anti-abolition riot. And so in 1934, for that event that I was speaking of, at that event where Tappan was reading the Declaration of Sentiments, because that was what they did. They gathered to celebrate, and he read it in this diverse group, in this integrated group. And here's what happened, and I have a, a slide. I know you can't read the piece that was written in the uh, Chatham Street. It, it's the, it was the Chatham Street riot. And so this is the article that was in the paper. And the way I came to found this, there's a sister who's a writer, and she wrote a book where she included a bit of this. And what, what we learn is that just like now, it depends on who writes the thing. So in her research, she found that the uh, abolitionist said that the white folks were the marauders. They're the ones who broke up the thing. The um, anti-slavery, the, the slavers, or the folks who were, who were for slavery said that it was the black folks who started it. But here's, here's what I have found. And it, it just lets me know that the more things change, the more they stay the same. I'm just saying that, that I already told you that Lewis Tappan founded the chapel. He was among the founders. So one of the articles says that, um, that the, uh, another group was really scheduled for it, but uh, the black folks, somebody had mistakenly scheduled them. But I'm telling you that the founder of the place was doing the annual emancipation celebration because it's, 19, it's 1834 and it's been since 27 that they've been doing it. And so I'm kind of weighing in on the side of that they were there during the celebration and much like Black Wall Street, much like other situations and circumstances, we have found that there can be, well, January 6th, that something's going on that folks don't like. And in they come to tear it up. So my sense is that it's that kind of thing that, that, that happened in this, that this was in that, in that article, what we, well, I don't know if we learned it there, but in my research, we learned that not only did they tear up the place and burn it down, they also burned down his house. But you know, he's a man of means, so he and his family moved from Manhattan, from New York City to Brooklyn. And Brooklyn is also a hotbed of, of activist, activism in the 1800s. So, you know, when I give a shout out to Brooklyn, it's, it's for the long-term work and the way that they have shown up in the world, even back in the 1800s. This was a very frustrating time for activists because Slavery was going on strong in other places, and what you had were folks who had, well, like Frederick Douglass, Frederick Bailey, escaping slavery, coming north, and then spreading the word, if you will, um, standing for anti-slavery and really making it look bad. I don't know how many of you remember that when the Vietnam War began, it was a war like other wars that was in another land. But when those cameras got there, you know, America has a weak stomach, generally speaking. I don't know, it's, it's been desensitized now, but back in the day, it was, oh no, we can't look at 
people napalm and children. We're like, oh no, we got to look at that thing. We can't look at dogs just biting the people. You know what I mean? They can bomb the churches maybe, but we can't be watching the dogs do stuff. Do, do you see, I'm talking about our consciousness, how I'm not clear exactly where the bar is for us, where we say absolutely no more. <clears throat> Pardon me, wherever it is, I hope we find it. Because during that time in the 1830s, what you had was, um, folks who escaped and came north and landed in New York, and then you had the blackbirds, and they would come and they would take anybody. I've talked to you about that before. So it wouldn't just be those that they had papers for and the like. Here's the thing, the abolitionist movement had to change and become ever more proactive. It wasn't just about send the money and so forth. It was about what David Ruggles started doing, which was standing right in the face, standing between the escaped person or the one accused of being escaped, between that one and the slave catcher to ensure that someone stood. You know, I in my own life as a youngster, I've, I've hated bullies. And they never messed with me. I don't recall having ever been bullied outside of my own house, that is, you know, because when you got siblings, stuff goes on sometime. But, but out in the world, you know, I carried some something. I don't know what I was. But what was always a part of my nature is when I saw people bullying, I'd get in there. Because I knew, I just, or I believed they weren't going to mess with me because they hadn't. I don't know what I thought, frankly, this is after whist. I'm now making up what I was thinking at age, you know, eight and nine and 10 and 12 and whatever it was, I'm now making up at whatever age I am now what I must have been thinking then. And I don't know that I thought anything, but I knew that that shouldn't be happening and would be friend folks and say, just hang with me, you know, cause they ain't coming over here. And it was true they weren't, because what bullies smell? The weakness, if you will, the acquiescence. And so there's some of, we, we, that's what was, that was, what was re required. They called it practical abolitionist. Abolitionism, I'm sorry, practical abolitionism. And it meant getting right in the faces of the oppressors and sometimes physically defending yourself in others. And the greatest of these practical abolitionists is David Ruggles. We just have him as a model. And I don't know exactly what's going to be ours to do, but I know that somebody has to stand for Black Lives Matter. Just like a lot more of us should have stood for the Black Panthers. You can't just say, you just can't make up what it is. And if we, that's a bullying thing. You've seen that, you just name it something. You just got a nickname for it. It's this, it's that. And then people respond to the nickname. But those of us who know better have to stand and say, that it ain't that. It ain't that, that's, it's not communism. It's supporting the people who need the support. And you, if you have to call it something, make up a new name. But, but you do not have to stand by and allow those who have an intention of oppressor of oppressing to 
to issue out the language, to set the standard to which we all fall. Because as David Ruggles said, words are nothing. It's about action. It's about action and get in there. So look, I know that's a lot because it was a lot for me to deliver that. But here's what I know for sure. I know that for each and every one of us, that there have been times when we thought we could not last for long at all. But he, I've come today to say that I know, I know we can carry on. I know that, that as Dr. King has said with love and power, that power properly understood is nothing but the ability to achieve purpose. It's the strength required to bring about social, political, and economic change. Love, po uh, rather power without love is reckless and abusive. Whereas love without power is sentimental and anemic. They need each other. So your love, you're going to have to breathe some power into that. You're going to have to know that not only is a change going to come, but it's going to come through you, heart and soul. Long 
time coming and I know a change will come yes it will then I go And I say, brother, help me, please. But he winds up knocking me down, down on my money. world especially it's not easy to keep a center going you know often as a participant or a congregant or someone who's part of the community we're not really thinking maybe about the electric bill and about all the many things it takes to keep a community together and growing some of you know that I am the founder of the prosperity plus programs one two and three and I know that your center has offered these programs to you I'm a deep believer in tithing and we all have giving patterns. Many of us give actually only emotionally. We give when we feel like we have a little extra. And then there's another kind of giving that's a regular repeated giving that comes with a percentage to it. And if it's not 10%, it's 5% or it's 6%, but it comes out of a decision to have circulation in your life, planting in a beautiful place like the heart and soul center of light for the growth of a community that you has nurtured you, can nurture you further, and more than that, can spread this wonderful message to a world that is deeply hungering, even if they don't know yet that they're hungering for it. So I invite us on this day to lean in and make a commitment for percentage giving over the next year. And then turn around every three months and take a look at what's happening in your life. Something happens when you're a regular giver. And each month as you're receiving your income, a portion of it goes to support. Uh, it changes the way you feel about yourself. It changes your level of expectation of good in your life. It changes your sense of worthiness and your connection with the very source of your life.
Greetings, heart and soul family. We are about breathing life into the good that we want to see in the world. And you can participate in that effort yourself by your gift to Heart and Soul Center of Light. There are many ways in which you can graciously give. You can send a check or money order to Heart and Soul Center of Light, 5627 Telegraph Avenue, number 405. Oakland, California, 94609. You can also give online at our website, heartsoulcenter.org slash give. Last but not least, you can text the word give to 510-500-5849. However you choose to give is, of course, right and perfect. And it's also important that we maintain the proper consciousness for giving our good at heart and soul we bless our good before it is even given thereby establishing an intention for the good that our gift will do in the world so wherever you are in the world i invite you to take your gift in hand or otherwise maybe place your hand right over your heart knowing that the greatest gift there could ever be is that gift of life that's pulsing under your hand as we say together i bless this gift as healing energy and send it into the divine flow of all good. Infinite prosperity circulates through me, through my church, and throughout the world, because I know God as source. And so it is. Thank you, Revelo, and thank you, Reverend Andrea, for reminding us that change that we want to see begins with us. Family, I'm gonna take us through our opportunities for engagement one more time, starting with a reminder to join us for uh, Practitioner Corps for our Around the Year with Emmett Fox Review. And again, uh, we have a new start time uh, at 6.15 uh, to 7, excuse me, 6.15 p.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, every Monday. And there's also, a, uh, imagining justice, uh, there's a change uh, in uh, the program for Wednesday is actually going to be Sacred Conversations, Visions, Vision of Love, still uh, uh, put on by our Health and Well-Being Circle. And again, uh, please join our Sister Tammy Hall live on Thursdays from 6 to uh, 8 p.m. on Facebook Live. And as you know, we've recently moved. And if you're considering a gift for a new church home, uh, gift cards are greatly appreciated. You can also uh, purchase cards from uh, any of the retailers uh, on the slide. And we do have a few items remaining on our uh, Amazon wish list. So just visit heartsoulcenter.org slash wish list. Uh, we invite you to continue to support Marcus Books as the oldest independent black bookstore in the country. Uh, you can uh, shop Marcus Books at bookshop dot org slash shop slash Marcus books and also uh, please take advantage of the delicious cuisine at Kingston 11 at Kingston 11 eats dot com. Our youth and family village uh, is alive and well and our teen program the pulse uh, meets on uh, Sundays at 1130 Pacific via zoom uh, you can email the pulse at heartsoulcenter.org uh, excuse me to join and also our youth and family village ages 4 to 12 
We have meaningful videos for families uh, that you can access at your convenience uh, at heartsoulcenter.org slash watchyfv. And if you have any questions or suggestions, you can email yfv at heartsoulcenter.org. And as always, we know that prayer works. Uh, prayer will be available uh, 10 minutes after the conclusion of our service this morning and also available on Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Uh, and again, we have our new prayer request line, 510-607-7747. You can leave a message and a prayer facilitator will return your call. And you can also email uh, your prayer request to prayerandcare at heartsoulcenter.org. And a reminder to get a pop anytime, get your point of powers via YouTube now at uh, YouTube C slash heartsoulcenter.org. Excuse me, Heart and Soul Center of Light. And also, again, many opportunities to receive prayer during this time. Uh, again, uh, prayer is available via our podcast at uh, anchor.fm slash heart soul center. And a reminder, if you haven't done so, to pick up a copy of the February issue of Science of Mind magazine. Uh, Reverend Andriette has written the cover story and also a wonderful article uh, as part of her monthly column from the inside out. And here's Rev. Andriette. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. I just, um, you know, heart and soul, I'm reminded that it really hasn't been that long since a diverse group of folks, or an all-black group of folks, a diverse group of folks, could come together safely and say and do, no matter how righteous, whatever their intention was. That there is often what happened on January 6th, this idea of they can't do that because I don't want that to happen that way and then to have it broken up. So this, this experience of heart and soul where we can really come together and say what needs to be said, to speak the truth, to say, to share all of that. And virtually, I just want you to know it means so very much to me when I, when I find out that Fort Royal, Virginia is in the house and Las Vegas, Nevada is here and Capitola, California is here and uh, Jaco Costa Rica and Port Angeles, Washington and Los Angeles is in the house. I'm just, I'm grateful that Maui is tuning in, that St. Louis, Missouri is present, that Spartanburg, South Carolina is present and Pittsburgh, North Carolina is present and Connecticut and Tucson, Arizona and Philly, Philadelphia, PA is here and Aurora, Colorado and Detroit, Michigan, Salida, California, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Atlanta is with us, New York City is with us, the Greater Bay Area, and Bahia, Brazil, is with us as well. And my sense is that some of y'all are lying back in the cut and not letting us know that, that you're in the house and tuned in, but I'm just gonna encourage you to make yourself known. It, it warms my heart too to give a shout out and um, let you know that you matter and to remind you that prayer works. 
and that we are doing our best to make it available to you. So certainly right after our service and 7 a.m. Wednesday morning and on call, because look at here, here's how it's gonna work. There's, you can just dial 510-607. This feels like an infomercial, doesn't it? Dial right now, 510-607-7747. And uh, I'm not gonna tell you operators are standing by because it ain't that kind of thing. But what will happen is somebody's gonna get back to you and you will uh, have prayer. But let's just say that even that, you need it right now before somebody can get back to you, then I want you to know that the, our power of prayer is for such a time as this, that what we have introduced is on-demand laser prayers on topics that touch your life, health, healing, love, relationships, money, prosperity, family, and there's more. And our practitioners and those folks that we have trained to pray will have, you just go in there and find it. Just go, it's, a, it's at anchor.fm slash heart soul center. And you will, you'll have access to any number of prayers. I'm so grateful for that. I want to remind you that if you are thinking about becoming a member of Heart and Soul, I remember our very first virtual uh, path to membership. There were some folks in there who'd been hanging out with us for a long time, but they live, frankly, out of the country and often out of the area. Somebody was in there from back east and, and uh, certainly Costa Rica. And, and so it doesn't matter where you are. If you are wanting to be a part of this community, if you're willing to, to now look, this isn't, I'm not asking you to do it because I need you to be a member. If you want to be a member, if you want to be connected, if you want to help support what we're up to with your time and your talent and your treasure, then get in here and get in here quickly. Because for two Tuesdays, sorry, two Saturdays, March 20th, and then the next week, the next Saturday, March 27th, from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific time, then if this appeals to you, then register at heartsoulcenter.org and then become a member and just fill it out and know that you'll get the confirmation and, and any other details that are required. So if you want to be in the deep end of the pool with heart and soul, then you want to be on the path to membership as well. So heart and soul, I love you. I am so very grateful for this community. And so it is in an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving for all that has already happened in low these 11 plus years. I'm giving thanks for that. I'm giving thanks that I'm standing on a solid foundation of absolutely every millisecond of my life. And certainly the last 11 years, of heart and soul. Oh, I'm so grateful for the personal transformation. I'm so grateful for our organizational transformation. I am grateful for knowing that there's one life, the life of the living one, the strong one, that right where God is, I am. 
the divine I amness for each and every one of us is that each of us is held and supported and guided and guarded in the love of the one, the living one, the strong one. I know and I know that I know that I am breathing the breath of the divine, even as the breath of the divine is breathing me and that this is true for all of us, that we're all being breathed even as we are breathing. And for this too, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for knowing that as I stand here, under the influence of gratitude and thanksgiving and knowing something greater and speak this word that this word tumbles out into and as my living that this word i speak is a word of peace it's a word of joy it's a word of health and healing and well-being it's a word of connection it's a word of compassion and acceptance and forgiveness i am declaring a healing over all of this i am declaring a divine revelation of liberation and freedom and health and well-being and goodness. I am declaring that our activism, our standing in, our knowing the greater and then acting in alignment with our knowing yields us the bountiful good for which we have long prayed. Oh, I just give thanks. I give thanks for answered prayer, come on now. I give thanks that our prayers are answered. I give thanks that a shift is afoot, that it's happening right now, that it has happened and is unfolding according to our awareness. Our ability to know, to trust, to see, to be. Oh, Father, Mother, God, I just give thanks. I give thanks for the divine order in the universe that is unfolding right here, that is making itself present right here, that I can see, like looking into the matrix and seeing the divine pattern of all good. I'm giving thanks for knowing this truth. And I just release this word into the perfect activity of law, propelling it into the activity of love knowing that it's done and done well in the divine. I simply let it be trusting, knowing, believing. I loose it. I let go. I let God. And so it is. Ashe. Amen. And now, Charles Peebles taking us out with clouds. Happy Valentine's Day. to do what makes us happy. We begin to think that life is outside of ourselves, that what we seek, what we desire are things that we don't already have. Love, money, fame, power, fortune. 
seek peace and love outside of ourselves. We reach, hoping to grab onto something that will make us feel okay, even if just for a second. We think, we try, we hunt, we push, we hold on for dear life, trying to stay afloat. All we wanted was to be, and be okay with being. I have searched the skies, I have searched the oceans, I have searched through books, I have searched through life. But now I know there is a love inside me. There is a power inside me. I'm all I've ever needed. I've always had the answers. They've been waiting inside of me. Inside of you. Waiting for us to allow it to be. To be. To be. That's all we need.